A really quick disclaimer, this episode was recorded in 2019, so if you hear me referring to myself being pregnant or a season that may be a different season to what we're in now, you know why. But I still believe that there is encouragement, there is inspiration to be found, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Her Daily Drive, a podcast series designed to inspire women to find their daily drive in Jesus. Hear a range of testimonies and conversations with women of all ages about their journey, the struggles and the triumphs. I'm your host Sarah and I hope today's episode encourages you. Let's get started. Hey everyone, today we're interviewing Far Matinga, or as Michael likes to say, Far Mulan. <laughs> Born in Nellenboy and moved to Brisbane when she was 10, loves superheroes and has an unhealthy relationship with aircons. We have the aircon right now, who doesn't? It's been mm-hmm. so hot in Australia. She was the youngest and only Tongan woman to be ordained as a reverend in Queensland, which I didn't know until I read this, and I think that is actually epic. Yeah. Welcome, Far. Thank you, it's good to be here. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about your testimony before we dive into the questions? Yes, so my mum's Christian and my dad's a Baha'i. So I grew up in a dual faith home base. We would go to church with my mum and we would still have the Baha'i teachings um, that my dad had. So it was always something that my dad said that our faith journey is our own journey that we take. Whatever path that we choose in regards to faith, they are our own. And so I moved down to Brisbane and I just went to the Christian church because that's where all my family go to, the Tongan church. So it was all um, Tongan language. And growing up as a second gen Tongan Aussie, I didn't really understand a lot of the language. But I just came because it was the Tongan thing to do, which if you go to Tonga, Sunday, everything is closed. And the only thing to do is go to church, eat and sleep and then go to church at night. I think in high school, no, sorry, primary school, there was one time that one of the girls made fun of me and I never went back to that church ever again. So I stayed away from any sort of church um, throughout my whole high school. And my and my cousin and my um, best friend in high school at the time was saying, oh, far, come back to youth, you know, it's really good, they speak English now, you can understand stuff. And I'm like, mm, yeah, nah, not really my thing. I, I look back on my years in high school and I, I definitely had depression um, throughout that. And I never knew what it was. But year 12, it was at this crunching point where I started self-harming and uh, it was then that um, I talked to one of my good friend's mum and she sort of pointed out that I might have depression and that I should go talk to someone and I told my 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 uh, family about it my parents and they said, which is a classic response for those who don't understand mental health, is, oh, you should just pray more and it should, you know, it should go away, um, which was a terrible idea because um, from that moment on, I, I said, well, what has God ever done for me? Nothing. Um, so faith was never part of my, my journey in high school and, and 18 or 19. But it wasn't until when I was 19, I said, you know what, I might take up this offer of going to youth group, whatever that is, I'll just go. It was, it was different. It was something so different that I'd never encountered. I kept on going back every Friday night 
and they had this Easter camp that was all done in Tongan language and my Tongan isn't that great but on that Easter weekend I understood everything everything that was sung about that was read about all in Tongan and when they did that altar call on Easter Sunday something within me just had to stand up and I stood up and I was crying like a baby and I just I was at that moment I I gave my life to Christ and said you know you have this all no matter what you've got me yeah so that's my faith journey now I'm um what did someone say? My, one of the doctors said, oh, so you're in the business of souls. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's exactly what I am. <laughs> Fa, what topic are you going to discuss with us today? I'm going to be talking about marriage and how unconventional my marriage is. So Far, can you share a bit about your experience with having a bit of a dysfunctional marriage, as you like to call it? Yeah, yeah. So I was married in 2015, um, uh, January 10. It, we celebrated our fourth year anniversary. My husband lives in Tonga and I live in Australia, Brisbane. So for people that don't know where Tonga is, like I actually have not looked at this on a geography map. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm terrible at geography. That's all right. Explain to us how far distance-wise. So it is quite close to New Zealand, a couple of little islands. So from Brisbane, you, you can't fly direct to Tonga. You have to either go through Sydney, Fiji or Auckland. Either way, it's about a six to seven hour mm -hmm. flight. We have never stayed in the same house or been in the same vicinity in our marriage or even in our engagement for no longer than four weeks yeah it's just uh, very different very different far why is this an important topic to talk about in today's society well um guiltily I have been, just as of last week, so do not judge me too badly, um, watching Married at First Sight. Mm -hmm. um, I first just glanced at it with my <laughs> mum, and now I feel like I'm so invested in it. All it takes is a glance, oh, right? Oh my gosh, it's so terrible, because I found myself this week watching it on maybe Tuesday or Monday, I don't know what it was, and I was crying during one of the episodes, and I was about to Facebook the, the guiltiness that I felt crying over these people at Married First Sight. I'm like, what's wrong with you, girl? And I was just going, oh, marriage, is it actually something that everyone thinks that they know of? We have so many TV shows, movies, people who actually say, no, this is what your marriage should be like. This is what your marriage... Um, needs to be like if your marriage is not like this in any sort of way then you have a problem mm -hmm. and then if you've got that problem then you probably might need to think about moving on from that problem I believe it's such an important subject because man we can be so blindsided by what the world tells us what our marriage should be like mm -hmm. if you're not living in the same country or in the same house for more than four weeks at a time, then there's a problematic marriage right there. Um, so I wanted to share about how many times our concept of marriage can be so broken. No one actually has a perfect marriage. No one. And that to 
to say to someone else saying, oh, you, that's not right. That's not right for you. That's probably not right for that couple at that time. But in this situation, you know, it needs to be where this couple is at. And you need to know them personally. And you should never judge a marriage from what you can see on the outside. My first year of marriage, it was really hard uh, trying to get the visa for my husband to come and, and live with me here. And I thought, man, as soon as that visa's there, it's going to be exactly like the movie. It's going to be perfect. We're going to have a nice home. We're going to make all these, I don't know, random things together, <laughs> you know, cook together, whatever it was. But I had this marriage ideal that I put on this pedestal in my head to say, that's what my marriage is going to be like. And then once I got the visa um, and I said to my husband, I said, sweet, you know, when are you coming? When should I book your ticket? And he said, babe, you know, I can't come yet. My heart just shattered. What the hell do you mean you can't come? I don't understand. The reason why my husband is over there is because he's the eldest of 12 and his mum has had a stroke and um, as a Tongan community, you know, all your siblings, everyone lives with you, his grandma included, and he's a primary caregiver in that household. And for him to up and leave to be with me was a thing that he could not do. That's just his heart. And that's also the man I fell in love with mm. as well. It's like a, what do people call it? A catch-22 almost, <laughs> where yeah. he's like, something that you love, that you just love about them, but it's also something that is holding them back to be with you. So that was really tough in my first year of marriage. My concept of marriage just shattered. And I was thinking, do I stay with this guy? Do I need to go? Do I need to divorce this guy? And that had been lingering at the back of my head. And it never helped when you would say to people, oh, yeah, my marriage, you know, my husband's over there and I'm over here. And people, you know, who love you and want the best for you will say to you, oh, well, you just need to leave him. Just go. Find someone else. You know, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? And I had always had that at the back of my mind. But I still stayed with him. And it wasn't until last year where things got really tough for us as a couple and I had really thought about that's it I'm going I'm done I'm, I'm going and it's not that my husband did anything terrible to me either it was just because I wanted him to fit into my understanding of marriage I wanted him to fit my mold of who a husband should be like and this mold has been created for the last 32 years of my life of fairy princesses and great endings, right? Mm. And he wasn't fitting that mold. And it was just tearing me apart. And I just was like, okay, I think I'm going to divorce you. And I said that to him. I said, when you get on that plane, know that we're done. And it wasn't until, like, my mum was the one who came in and sat, sat us down and said, I want you to think about this. Really think about this. I, I really thought, Sarah, I really thought divorce would be easy. Mm. I really thought, thought that being separated for someone 
would be super easy. It's hard for from someone that you love with all your heart, that you believed that God had, you know, ordained this relationship. Man, it was hard as. And so I was like, no, I, and I was just praying, just going, God, what, where am I supposed to be in this? And God has just flipped the script on me and, and, and really, I don't know, he's just really helped me to be patient and to understand my mold of what my husband should be like or what our marriage should be like wasn't his understanding wasn't God's understanding as well. Me and my husband have, have recently, you know, just reconciled our, our marriage and just going, no, I, I want to be with you. That's me. Because he, 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 he wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was me. Mm. And, and the thing that came to my mind was that I had never gotten that idea from that first year to, to leave him. You know, it's, that divorce is just going on the back of your head. It was just always there. And so I was like, I had one foot in on my marriage and one foot out. And I was ready to run whenever I felt like I could. If he did something bad to me, bad as in, oh, he forgot to call me or he hasn't messaged me. Just really silly things, you know. Then I, I would move my other feet to the other side. The grass is never greener on the other side sometimes, mm. you know. God just transforming my mind and breaking all these concepts that I built up of what marriage is, of who I am, of what my husband should be like, and just rearranging those broken pieces. I just wanted to share that. I mean, that's my experience. And yeah, I thought it'd be really cool to, to share that on your podcast. Far, thanks so much for sharing that. I just think even, you know, we were just talking about the fact that even though Michael and I are in a different situation, there are definitely times where I think even, I would probably say for me, it's Instagram and looking mm. at other people that are married and thinking, why don't we have, you know, Gosh. holidays like that? Or why don't we have, you know, things like that? Yep. And so I think what you're saying is such an important message mm. across every relationship that it's yeah, like, yeah. you've got to make sure that the world's not influencing us, but like what God yep. has actually told us is a relationship what that looks like like it's been selfless absolutely and it's not about us actually it's about looking more like god in a relationship yep yep absolutely and and like and you can't let society say what your marriage should be like Mm -hmm. or what or who you should be like whether you're single whether you're in a relationship you should never let society social media dictate to you who you should be Mm -hmm. a lot about God what does the Bible tell us about marriage like what does the Bible say marriage looks like one thing that always gets used at a lot of wedding ceremonies is the classic (laughs) 1 Corinthians chapter 13 Mm -hmm. verse 4 right love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud it does not dishonor others it is not self-seeking it is not easily angered it keeps no record of wrongs Ooh, just Oh, man, okay. (laughs) Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Like, that in itself is just a massive chunk, right? Of how we should be in our marriages, but also just in any relationship. Working relationship, friendship, 
love is patient it is kind it does not ever it does not boast it is not self-seeking and and that is just goals for anyone to try and achieve and this is what i've tried to achieve in my brokenness broken understanding of marriage now is that i need to be patient you know not self-seeking almost every turn it's like no you you need to be about me you need to be about me not your family you know it needs to be about me and i have seen that time and time again in our relationship where i have pointed the finger back at me it's all about me if i believe that god had ordained our relationship to be together and that we're in this together both feet of for me is in this together then it needs to be about god how we are able to see god working through us and what is it that god is trying to achieve through us to be his example for the rest of the world mm. you know and that also reminds me of colossians 3 you know put on love every day man that's hard to do but yeah put on love every day it's not a okay we've had that fight and oh, we'll fix it later but it's a it's a constant thing that we need to do all the time putting on love being reminded that love is patient that love is kind far before we finish today do you have any final words of encouragement for our listeners don't let the outside say who you should be as a wife or who your husband should be or what your marriage should look like because in it all it is you and your husband that are there no one else they're not going to be with you 24 7 they don't care what you're you, what you guys are doing it is just you two and you need to be able to say every marriage is different and ours at the moment it is what it is because that's all right and that's okay mm. and i've had to say that constantly this is my marriage and that's okay yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us, Far. All good, all good. No worries. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's episode. I don't know about you, but I always leave feeling challenged, inspired, and encouraged to continue seeking a deeper relationship with Jesus. For notifications on future episodes, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And if you want more encouragement throughout the week, you can follow her daily drive on Instagram or simply like the Facebook page. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderful week.